0: I think we I made like, up for last time.
1: Yeah, I feel like a little kid in like middle school percussion like holding this can up to my face like eye level so the audience <laughs> and the conductor can see and just like, good
0: job. Uh, like
1: you gotta, you got to show them what you're playing.
0: Yeah. Um, if they can't see it, how are they going to hear it?
1: But we're back. Back in the saddle. Part two with Mr. Jared Quartz. As we uh, had mentioned on our posts and then the last podcast, we didn't cover everything we wanted to do or we wanted to get to, so... Uh, we were certainly eager and glad to have him join us to catch up and talk and chit chat back and forth again. Welcome back, Jared. Hey, it's good to be back. Yeah, Thanks think, for the part two. This is yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I think you are the only the second person to do two parts with us. Dan Shack was the only other one. Because obviously he talks a ton, so you gotta yeah, have more than an hour dude. with that guy. So we're gonna dive right into this here in a second, but before we do that. Welcome, everyone, to the Aged Out Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Fantini, and with me, as always, is... Evan Worrell. And like you said, we have part two today with our friend Jared Kortz. And make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube, subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, hit us up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast method is. And as we announced in part one with Jared, we also have a Patreon page now at patreon.com slash agedoutpodcast. And the direct link to that will be in our Instagram bio and in the information section of the YouTube video. So if you so choose to give us any kind of financial support, that's your opportunity to do that. But again, as we said last time, no expectation, we just wanted to put it there just in case. We're going to keep doing this no matter what and we appreciate appreciate you as a member of our audience. So, now that that whole spiel's out of the way, the biggest thing we forgot to talk about last time was probably and Jared correct me if I'm wrong here, is the best baseline that Jared was probably ever in and maybe one of the best baselines WGI's ever seen. Of uh, the Rhythm X 2011 baseline, would that be a fair statement? You're allowed to brag a little bit. Yeah, I mean,
2: it was it was for sure like the most um, uh, just because all five were age outs. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just felt like there was always like that aspect of like this is our last gung ho, and the fact that all five of us were doing it together was crazy. Because then, you know. <laughs> And uh, it like also came to that point, like um, like knowing the guys throughout marching, like the marching career of like like meeting them at Bluecoats, and I met um Frank Torres who played bass two that year uh, when he was at Crown. Um, but he knew a friend that I was marching with at Glassman. You know the whole drum corps friend
1: connection, small network of people.
2: Yeah yeah it's just like all these people so fast like everyone's already like everyone knows everybody to an extent you
1: know the, the biggest, um, that, it was just an awesome collection of just super yeah. talented but like funny individuals like the the personalities in yes. that baseline were just so refreshing <laughs> So we'll, we'll get into a
0: few stories about that baseline, just fun stories in a second. Okay. But the, the biggest thing I remember from a playing standpoint about you guys is from day one, we're learning the first the first set of drill charts. And in between on breaks, you guys are picking your drums up and just like nailing the opener. Like I remember you guys arced up on a water break one time. This is probably in December or like very early January. And we're all sitting there drinking mm-hmm. water, just like hanging out, talking. And you guys arc up and start playing you're the opener, and it's like nails already. Like it, I don't remember a time where you guys were bad at your show music at any part of the season. It was it was uh, just, just nuts to me.
2: Yeah, to to us it was probably still like yeah uh, you know yeah there like were probably how, a little how, how we stuff.
0: always are there would have been like nuanced right. stuff that would have gone over my snare drum head, pun intended. But it was just nuts to me the whole time, and then besides that yeah. story, the first story that sticks out was when Frank air with the wig he found in the drama class closet. Closet.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We used and, to
1: do subs up there. That was crazy. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite moments of that year. Just I, I don't even remember what else was going on. I don't it, remember what we were actually working on.
2: I I I'm blanking on his alter ego, but it was it was like. Frank's alter ego that came out or something like that. Like he, he kept this wig all season. Do you guys remember that at all? Yeah, I remember the I wig. Yeah. I remember
1: him coming up. Yeah. But I just remember that time where we're in there in Kettering Fairmont high school in the band room rehearsing. And then all of a sudden the basses come in, like crowd surfing him with his wig on playing yeah. the air guitar. <laughs> and and just, then
0: whoever was the running media. rehearsal, put a rock song on or some like rock ballad over the metro, over the speaker system and he like was like air guitaring and like mouthing the words to the song along with it and getting to people's faces it was it was probably one of the funniest things i encountered in all of my marching career and to this day probably one of the funniest things i've just yeah. seen in person period
2: yeah, yeah. he was That's just crazy. a crazy human being oh yeah uh going back to the like So we all came from like different areas, you know, and uh, I think the biggest thing that we had to gel in because we all had pretty much like the same technique. It wasn't like everyone knew we were doing like a wrist break aspect, you know, but just like how um, like Frank had awesome sound quality, but uh, like it was like it it was a little bit more harsh than what mine was. So like uh, we had to balance each other out, which was awesome, you know. Like getting into like the the big timbre of it, of just like trying to balance between all these like different techniques, and we never really talked about what technique. It was just like, does this sound like the same? <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we tried yeah. to just simplify it and not get like crazy mathematical about whatever. It was just like, cool. We're just doing this. That's that that, that laid back statement
0: about it was also your all's mentality all season like none of you five I remember getting mad at anything or mad at each other or sweating any small stuff that happened like you all were just hanging out having a good time being really good
2: yeah but uh yeah I I think we were also at that point where we were like I mean we were still age out so you get that like I don't want to like run this far or like i just want to make this a little bit easier you know what i mean yeah, so we just yeah, tried totally. to, <laughs> we were for sure
1: still age outs yeah you know yeah but, you want to be good but you don't want to yeah you want to have a good time also uh, yeah yeah for <laughs> sure oh
0: uh, um, that's like should be rhythm x's motto on a shirt we want to be good but we also want to have a good time which Brings me to something that I skipped over at the beginning, kind of on a different t- topic, real quick, that happened this past weekend, okay. um, with regards to rhythm X. That also sums up that ensemble to a T. Uh, Jerry, did you hear about Crashy Bongo? Oh yeah. Oh man,
2: uh, I, I've seen it, I've
1: seen the vids, so, love it.
0: Evan, do you want? To, you're a better storyteller than I. Do you want to tell everybody kind of what happened?
1: I mean, if people haven't seen it, I guess there was a malfunction or an issue with the semi trailer that transports the equipment. They were going up to WGI for the, or up to Chicago for the WG, WGI Regional in Chicago. It's a same day event, so the prelims were Saturday and finals were later that night, but the truck wasn't going to make it there in time for them to unload all the equipment, all the pit equipment and, and all that, and just be able to perform the show. But I believe it's a WGI rule that in order to qualify for finals, you have to perform at prelims, like no matter what that is. There's been some other instances where this has happened. I think Redline did it once. Uh, Timber Creek, when they were an independent ensemble down in Florida, I believe, did it once. Um, so they had to do something, no matter what it was. So lo and behold, they come up with this, I guess, place filler of an idea to do this bongo with crash symbols. If you haven't seen it, just Google it uh, in order to get there spot to qualify for finals when their equipment was able to make it. But it just, like you said, kind of encapsulates the the vibe of the ensemble. Like, well if we're gonna go out and do this, we might as well like ham it up, do something that's super funny. Um there's already people that have like transcribed the part and stuff and put it up as like transcriptions (laughs) and stuff. But Um, to me to me what's the funniest thing really is just the subtleties. Like even though they didn't have their tarp, like Tim Fairbanks is still out there in the parlour out there on the floor like doing like the one two three pull like you would do to stretch out the tarp even though there's clearly no tarp uh they like run and fold the tarp off or like pulling it off the floor like they actually have it and stuff (laughs) (laughs) like they're in a hurry even though they've only done like 20 seconds of a thing
0: the funniest part of it to me was not what they did but was so obvious we're all friends with Tim Fairbanks on Facebook. And he put a post on there earlier that day or the night before when they knew the truck was messed up and wouldn't be available at the time. He was, he said, Evan mentioned that Redline had this happen to them and that they currently hold the lowest score ever of an independent WGI percussion group. I think the record of like 36. And so Tim basically put a shout out on his Facebook of, Hey, we need to beat redline's lowest score take i'm open to suggestions on what we should do and so their goal was to get a lower score so they could they could hold the record for lowest score in wgi history <laughs> and uh, like that also kind of encapsulates the approach and the mentality of rhythmx's staff and the members and we want to be good but we're going to have a good time at the same time yeah so Thought we'd just bring that up for a minute. And if you haven't gone and checked it out, it's pretty funny to watch the videos on YouTube.
1: Probably also want to, like, it, I'm sure nobody's actually keeping track of this statistics, but the biggest jump from a prelims to final score. I would say that also probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, haven't thought
0: about speaking that. Speaking
1: of scores, too, I will throw this out there. Uh, I know on our last podcast with Jared, we had talked about them winning that Fred Sanford from, was it seventh place or whatever? S- uh, yes, uh, sixth six, place. Yeah. one guy actually did say the lowest placing Sanford winner was the 82 Bridgman, which I didn't actually look up what place they got until I just now thought about it. But <laughs> hey, one of our listeners, Jeff Ream, he was like, yeah, I was listening. And I just, I looked it up. <laughs> so I was like, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Well, now we um, know. So the 82 Bridgman.
1: Dude, Bridgman.
2: Yeah. The Bridgman were back. so good. Yeah. Dude, yeah. when they're at Allentown all the time,
1: it's like, sweet. I love yeah. it.
0: Yeah. yeah. They just were so classic
1: good. drum corps. People yeah. soak it up, dude. Allentown is such a drum corps rich like area, on yeah. the like, East Coast. Yep. Old school. We, yeah. We need to try to I, get. I to considered a, that my.
0: Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Jared.
1: Uh,
2: I, I always considered that my uh like not home show in a sense, but it was like all right, Pennsylvania, uh, a bunch of college friends from Philly, or just like all around from Maryland, whatever. They would like, that's where everyone would kind
1: of go. <laughs> Cause you're from the the west part of the state, right? Near Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's yeah. That's what like, I thought. Yeah. Did you so, get pulled over one time and a cop let you go because you had a, ping, a penguin's hat in your car or something like that? Like, or he let you out of a ticket?
2: Ah, uh, I don't know.
1: I feel like that was a story going through the mix. He's like, "Yeah, he pulled me over, but I had a Pittsburgh Penguins hat in the back of my car, or something."
2: I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I maybe just
1: made that up. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's reel this in. Let's reel this in before we get too far off the tracks. Um,
2: Sorry, sorry.
0: No, you're good. It's mostly our fault, honestly. Um, So the next thing we want to move to is, and we kind of discussed this a little bit before we started recording, of we both feel like that bass drumming has kind of experienced a little bit of a renaissance over the past five to ten years and just kind of wanted to pick your brain as to why you think that might be because i know baselines there's always been a lot of good baselines but just the difficulty of content of what they're doing now seems an achievement level outside of the top 3 or 4 drum lines every year has gone way up like the talent in baselines and the uh, the uh, ability of them is just gone through the roof recently so why do you think maybe that is some catalyst for it? And we'll just kind of riff off that and go from there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. Honestly, I, I think, like, the the kids nowadays are, like... First off, we talked about this last time, but, like, exposure to, like, exercises or just, like, drumming. Like, as a bass drummer, like, I'm still practicing rudiments. I'm still doing this kind of stuff. Like, it's it's not so much, like splits you know what i mean like you still want to hang as much as you can Mm -hmm. to get like your chops up and stuff
0: yeah because it makes sense the more chops you have the harder crazier stuff you're going to be able to split right so that
2: makes perfect sense yeah and then like i think more at least at least when i was like around it like it was the more grids like that's when more grids and more grids started showing up and just like trying to split that. Mm-hmm. I remember like the big thing that went around was like uh, splitting the whole like 16th note accent tap thing. Like that was like a thing that I saw a lot of people trying and, you know, it was just like, cool. This is where that partial is after the fact. Um, But then, like, introducing, uh, like, you always hear about the, like, top two bass drummers, like, being able to split or, like, you know, three and four and bass five just having the ability. Um, But it's, like, really adding a drum. So, like, when Bugata's became that big thing, like, adding, uh, like, the third third, bass to it. the third drummer to to the hand-to-hand concept, if you will. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, like cool and then like you can i remember 20 was it 2014 i don't know rhythm x we we like we're trying to do uh like we were splitting the six tuplet but it would be three people hand to hand we did it nine let two i think that was 2014 uh but it didn't it, it was like all right we're just we're not gonna it didn't make sense it was like cool we could do that but musically it like didn't really fit you know there was no place for it <laughs> yeah yeah so it was like cool all right and then so now uh, as like, you go on like lasers are a big thing oh like um, like one a and a two like, yeah, like down each drum down yeah. the drums yeah yeah because uh, at first it was like all right what what rhythms can we play like kind of open just but really loud like getting out to like like past parallel just playing like Bookitas or sixteenth note down the line, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like lately, it's been into I think more condensed rhythm. Like not that it's like we gotta throw as many notes in these four beats as possible, but it's like like the laser, like Ca- Cavaliers did something recently where it was just like super fast between the top four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They did just it in
1: like a thirty second. I was like, ur-rum, ur-rum. I was just like, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, I think like since that has kind of happened, like now everything that has d- been f- played before is like, all right, this is just what is the basics. Like you got to be able to split this partial and and nail it and just like have that trust with everybody else, you know.
0: So you think it's a little bit of just like a a natural progression of just trying to one up The baseline before you a little bit like well they they, they try this for the first time so what's the next level of difficulty beyond that and just naturally over time as people try to outdo baselines before them they're going to get crazier and crazier and you combine that with the fact that there's way more exposure and resources for kids out there to learn from a younger age they're going to be way better when they first get to their first summer of drum corps so even your top open class baselines or your 15th place core baseline now have the ability and do a lot more of this hand to hand stuff and bugadas and lasers and because the overall average talent level is higher because they've been exposed to this from a much younger age, and then I yeah, think, I think so. so even then seeing those baselines do crazier things will then attract more people to want to play bass drum versus being drawn right. to just snare drum snare drum snare drum in high school like a lot of kids are they're realizing at yeah. 15 they're seeing these videos of, like, did you see the Rhythm X top two split that crazy lick really early in the season this year?
2: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, that was nuts. So you're seeing that as a 14-year-old. You might go, yeah. I want to do that. Forget the snare drumming thing. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So, and and I feel like a, a little bit of, like, like, recently too, well, maybe not super recently, but there's been a lot of, like, front ensemble splitting happening where it's just like they're doing stuff and it's like, you know, like it's, it's kind of led into other aspects or like you always see like the snare drums doing stuff, but no, I, I, feel, I really? see it. I don't like it. <laughs> well,
1: Mike and I don't like the snare splits. It doesn't sound good. I But uh, I've noticed, I, I've noticed more of it. Not, there's like the, the kids yeah. doing the hand to hand split on the snare For sure. drums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Avon or Center Grove High School or something like that. Uh, they, they had it in right. their, yeah, it's but like. there. I think these kids see you it know, on Instagram, and it's kind of like a keep up with the Joneses mentality. Like, yeah. you have the classic stick control exercise, that right, 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 left, right, 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 right. and they're like, oh, let's see if we can hand to hand split the whole thing now. Like, yeah, yeah, they just do different stuff like that, and like, oh, what can we do, and like, film ourselves and put it on Instagram or yeah, yeah. whatever. Everybody's trying
2: to be
0: e-famous, nice. man.
2: E- even like splitting like a open roll, just doing like the doubles and just doing like the the split on that is yeah it feels good like it's like once you're in there you just gotta just play doubles forever just don't change yeah, just don't <laughs> yeah. change
0: if it sounds good just don't change
2: you
1: just gotta all split right. the hurt the first hair to and keep going yep
2: <laughs> oh man
0: that's
1: it if you if you dislike change just be a
2: bass drummer no, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all yeah, right yeah, snare lines
1: right. over here changing pulse yeah. and the bass drummers yeah. are like come on guys <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, our baseline was talking about that this past week and they like snares are slowing down i, was like, I, I, I know we'll get it <laughs>
2: <laughs> give us there, a minute there were
1: parts i i gotta i gotta uh
2: say this like because um, at phantom 2010 like they would put the met where it needed to be you know most of the time it was behind snares but like it always felt like like there was a lot of areas where it was like we were the farthest ones back and it was just it just like kind of followed us and then they could just play to that you know yeah It was
1: pretty sweet.
2: That's nice. Yeah, it's
0: cool. So let's get into your yeah. (laughs) Let's get into your teaching career now. We've done a lot of talking about places you marched, talked about bass drumming so far, um, different bass lines you were in. Well, actually, if you had to, what is your favorite drum corps or indoor story from when you were marching? Like funny story. Keep it up. Keep it PG thirteen, please. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have to preface On that question with that um if you had to pick like a really funny thing that happened while you were marching if, any group whether it was matrix glassman uh phantom rhythm x like what your favorite or one of your favorite standout moments in your memory from your time
2: yeah um there's so many uh the one and it's uh, I'm kind of being selfish. It, it kind of related to just, like only happening to me, but looking back it like how it affected everybody, like just, it, I don't know. It was crazy. Um, so 2008 or no, yeah, this is 2008 Glassman. Um, it was around, it was right after the, uh, Miami or the Orlando regional, um, I actually woke up, like, two days later or whatever, uh, just unable to go to the bathroom. Um, Like, it was, like, I I felt, like, super dehydrated, but I was, like, chugging water and everything. Uh, Ended up, like, not feeling good. Went to, like, the admin, and they were, like, all right, let's get you to, like, the hospital real quick and uh so they take me long story short had uh kidney stones and Oof. um yeah it's crazy and um yeah injury story but it, it was uh it makes me laugh but uh <laughs> it, it's gonna be <laughs> Probably a lot not <laughs> yeah not-
0: what's your favorite yeah. story from drum corps oh the time i had to pee rocks yeah that was awesome
2: well so <laughs> And, and this this explains, like, this kind of shows how I kind of t- treat everything, at least, especially during the drum corps times, you know? Like, so I get, I have kidney stones, and they're like, yeah, you're going to have to, like, you're going to be on this medication that, um, is going to make you super susceptible to the sun. <laughs> like, because it was like, a oh, like trying to get me to, like, break it up, you yeah. know what I mean?
0: So you could pass them.
2: Yeah. And, um, but it was like, I, I got back and they were like, I was like, here, like, this is what they said. But I just started putting on like long sleeve shirts and I had like the hat covered. Like I, it, like I was still in pain. Like the biggest thing, like when I got back, like no matter if I was sitting out or if I was marching, the same pain was constant. So it was like, at, at that point, I'm just going to get out there because it's going to take my mind off of this.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah might as well
2: yeah
0: it Uh, hurts either way you might as well still get better
2: right and it was uh like i remember that was leading into san antonio like it was like we got this like week going into the san antonio regional so i was like i want to be good for that you know so yeah i remember uh my my base tech so got kidney stones had to be on this medication they told me I had to triple my water intake which I was already killing a gallon or so every block like it was like yeah plus yeah so it was like oh so you're telling me you have to like nine gallons of water a day <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> no, it was crazy but so but like my base tech and um, love the dude I, I talked about him before Cyrus um, he just carried my water jug around. Like, the whole time, just, like, after every rep, just, like, drink. And it would be, like, all right, I got to go now. Like, so I would just leave. And uh, I was so out of it. Like, if you saw me then, it just, like, blank stare. But I was just so so in what I was just trying to overcome. It was just one of those, like,
1: yeah. Shut off everything else. Like, I'm going to do everything I have to do mentally and physically to, like, get through this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's that's an awesome story, but also yeah. very not what you would expect someone to I, say. I always right. said the same like thing.
0: It. It's not the story I expected,
1: right. but I, it's I mean, uh,
0: still a good one. Yeah, Some of the, the stories the, that are probably really good, we probably can't talk about on here. but <laughs>
1: Right, and honestly, too, probably the thing I remember most about like my time marching were when I was injured or sick. So, that yeah, makes I sense. Had a,
0: yeah, so let's dive into teaching stories, your, not stories, your experience. So where all you've taught, um, kind of how you ended up, how'd you get into teaching and making that transition from marching to teaching? Did it happen right away? Did people reach out to you? You reach out to them? How did it all happen?
2: Um, so I took the 2011 season off. Like I didn't, I, I was like, cool. Like, I I aged out. Um, like if, if I get asked, it would be awesome. But it also like, I liked it because I had, like, a summer just, like, to chill and kind of do that. You know what I mean? Focus on other things. Um, and then uh, I, I was already – I was asked to teach Rhythm X on my way back from, like, finals 2011. So Ryan called me, like, that weekend because he knew I was, like, really interested in, like, ma- trying to make them move out to Ohio at that point. It took a couple more years for me to get out there, but, like, I still did that drive with Rhythm X, you know? But uh, I got called, I think it may have been Ryan who did the recommendation, but uh, Crossman was losing their bass tech who was, like, committed for, like, the whole summer, and they just kind of... Another call-in story. Like, I didn't do any of the audition camps. It was, like, maybe February... End of February is when I got the call. That what was summer like, was that for? That was 2012 Crossman. Nice. So, yeah, that was season that when, was a lot.
0: Who was teaching there? Who was the caption
2: head at that point? Uh, Clark Gardner okay. was there. Um, Josh Turner. Um, I don't know. You any guys know. Ju- well, you know Jules though. Jules.
1: Yeah, Sconia
2: yeah so he was teaching the front ensemble it was um like yeah that was like my first experience of like after marching X and then teaching X like I knew everybody but it was like teaching drum corps I didn't do any of the camp so everything that like I didn't get to like meet all the staff so it was like you show up to spring training and you're the bass tech you know what I mean
1: not really time yeah. to hang out and catch up you just gotta go do yeah.
2: work right exactly so and andrew markworth was involved too so he would come down every once in a while and hang out during spring training it was cool
1: how was spring training in texas was it crazy hot
2: um so it was crazy hot always in the middle block like it would say that it was like 98 whatever felt like 102 or like it always just felt like it was more but we would do the classic shade breaks like if it was like deadly hot you know we would try to get through this and like percussion ensemble and then like all right take a quick little bit we're coming back and then we're doing this you know what i mean like it was like just trying to be most efficient without trying to like just destroy ourselves with the heat yeah yeah so but it was it, it would get cloudy um ensemble block was always nice Like, it it, it always felt like it was, like, um, if you go down to Florida and you're, like, on the beach, like, just, like, at nighttime, still warm. That's how Texas felt, you know? Like, it was nice. I enjoyed it. And the sunsets were beautiful. Always, like, the iconic drum corps post of
1: sky appreciation, Mm -hmm. you know? It's, like, ensemble at the stadium. (laughs) Right,
2: exactly. But it's so cool because it's, like, yeah, like, stadium lights are on you're kind of you have that going
1: you got the mojo kind of going yeah right exactly i remember yeah, yeah for sure was jj pepitone down he lived down there yeah. right i believe so didn't he like come hang out at like spring training and stuff like that or
2: yeah that was for uh 2016
1: season well, okay so i was jumping a little yeah bit yeah because yeah. this oh that makes sense all right because
0: his son marched that summer right yeah, yeah. Has his son aged out yet? Do you know? I think he's still marching. I think, I think he is. Yeah. He did BD yeah. last summer, and that's why JJ hasn't been judging for a while because he's not allowed to judge while his son's marching, which m- makes sense. Right. um Yeah. Yeah. So you taught at Crossman. Then we'll probably lose
1: Prosper here in a couple of years because oh, his son man. will be. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's taking random years off anyway. Like he didn't judge in two thousand twelve right. at all. Just because he wanted a summer off from judging. But yeah. His son's getting there. Man, all these like Hall of Famers, their sons or kids are just like like Alan Ungst was a beast. Pipitone's son is really good. I'm sure Prospery's son is gonna be phenomenal, or might already be, I don't know. Um just having that Evan and I have laughed about that. Like what if your dad or like a relative was a hall of famer like you just had lesson information like of the, the highest level on demand
1: whenever yeah so you guys are down there in texas you've got some yeah. consecutive years i guess going oh, yeah. we'll stick with outdoor before we switch gears okay. to indoor teaching yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. uh spring training did you guys like have like a getaway or like just like this is where the, this is kind of like the staff tradition down here we go here at nine hang out or
2: yeah we did um it's still to this day the place to hang. Even at like uh, like the San Antonio camps, like we make the drive to the stadium, or like to like that area to go to um, Charlie Brown's. Love that place. Yeah, it was like right down the street. I'm assuming
0: um, it's a typical drum corps hole in the wall bar. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. Like every spot that a drum corps staff has in any city is some hole in the wall that someone discovered by yeah. random chance.
2: Yeah, and it was. Like, the 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 one bartender, he ended up, like, marching in the Blue Nights, like, years, years before. It was, like, <laughs> sweet. Small world. That's uh, funny.
1: Small yeah. world. Dude, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Very ironic, because teaching Cap City, this guy just opened up this bar near where we rehearse. And we go there. It's super chill. It's, like, low-key. But then, one night, one of his, like, staff it was like, so you guys, like, know what drum corps is? And we're all sitting at the table, like... Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, little does he know that we all, like, know very much a lot of right. drum core. But right. it's just kind of ironic. And so, like, now that's the place that we go, or like, the bar goes, where really X goes. It's kind of right. funny where people have their, they're kind of just, this is our get together spot.
2: Right. Yeah. Charlie Brown's, uh, that, that, uh, they're, they're super nice too. Like, we always, at some point it's like we were just like always there or like we would take nights off or whatever, but at least maybe the color guard staff would go and like maybe everyone else stayed back or like everyone was like still going out to like
1: hang, you know what I mean?
2: Like it was, they de- they were
1: expecting us. Yeah. Detox after rehearsal and just kind of get away from things for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And like we were able to play pool and karaoke and you know, it's a lot of fun.
1: Ha- Have real life while you're also doing summer band.
2: Yeah. But that's where we also talk shop. Like, that's where every, you know what I mean? Like, in those situations, you kind of talk shop a little bit. But, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is on the agenda for tomorrow. This is kind of like what we do. But never in like like, business. It was always like,
2: oh, yeah, bass drums are blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, Yeah. we're just just getting better, man. (laughs) I don't know. Very informal.
0: But, yeah, I've always been. Informal settings like that, I think, lead to more effective communication. Like everybody's laid back, right. nobody's on the defensive, you're all just kinda of being real with each other.
2: Right. And and you guys brought up bargos, but honestly, like that's what kinda happens there all the time with with everybody who kinda goes there, you know what I mean? Like it felt like we were just talking shop, talking
1: band all the time. <laughs> Who'd have thought like what we're doing here <laughs> yeah right, basically. exactly yeah
2: yeah
0: so you taught crossman where'd you go after that mm-hmm.
2: uh i taught blue coats oh uh, well i taught crossman 12 and 13 and then blue coats 2014
0: that was, then, was
2: 14 tilt that was tilt yeah okay so, st- awesome st- still my favorite blue coats show i um I might i'm biased agree with on you. it obviously but i I still really the simplicity of that concept that that's the those are the shows i like
1: it reminds me a lot of touch in the regard that you just take this simple very easily portrayed idea and max it out in a number of different ways and not only visually but audio 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 and visual um I mean, that's what touch was. That's what tilt was. Like, oh, we're just going to tilt things any possibly way we can. Tilt this right. visually, tilt this musically. It was just it was cool.
2: Yeah. And it never It felt was the like, good
1: drum, like, drum corps. Oh
2: yeah, that didn't they, hurt they either. They were really good. That
0: didn't hurt either. Yeah. That also might be one of my favorite Rarick books at the Blue Coats. I think that book overall yeah. is just very good.
2: Yeah. And it was cool, like collaborating with Rarick and and everybody. It felt like I don't know. Cro- Crossman was a little different. Like I still had a voice, but at Bluecoats, it was like, all right, it, what what I'm like bringing to the table. Everyone kind of like it. It felt like it was like very welcoming in that aspect. Like I wasn't like stepping on toes or anything, you know. That's cool. Like, that's it, awesome. like being able to collaborate with Rerrick and all of them and that kind of stuff
1: rarick is just such a chill dude and i only really know him from like this podcast and meeting him so shameless plug if you haven't heard it and you're listening now there is a tom rarick episode that we did with him uh in his hotel at wgi finals one weekend between like between semis and and finals yeah (laughs) yeah so he judged semis
0: Um we met him in his hotel room, recorded the episode, and then he judged finals later that day, I think. I think it was finals day. Early in the day we did it. So wow. obviously That's certain awesome. topics were off to, off off the table, but it's still a really good episode. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah.
1: Um but like my only interaction with him has been through this and Mike obviously marched under him, so that was kind of the connection and the the foot in the door there, but even since then he's just been like I see him at shows and says, "Hey, what's up, man?" I'm like Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Like so he's a very, super, very, very cool guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw him plan for the national anthem almost annually on the <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. yep. It's like the annual Tom rare yep. sighting playing snare drum at the Super Bowl. Yep, exactly. I love it. Yep.
0: That's he's Navy, right? Or Air Force.
1: I believe it's Air Force, but I think it's I'm Air Force. I'm not positive in my memory. I'm not either. Um, it says it on whatever episode and his Facebook, whatever. Yeah but. yeah. but All right. So, so Blue Coats, did you yeah. just do the one summer yeah. at Blue Coats? Yeah, just the one summer. Cool.
2: So That's a good uh, summer. Yeah, I, I love it. What made it. you
1: decide to leave Crossman to go to Blue Coats?
2: Um, so, 2013 season was really unique. Um, so, the biggest thing that I think. Um, why? Why I kind of left Crossman, um, teaching with Ryan Lamb uh, at Rhythm X, and honestly, just staying at his place. Like he hosted the Baseline R Age Out Year. Um, like he was teaching Bluecoats since 2009. He he like kind of really got me in there because um, at that point he wasn't trying to fade himself out, but he was taking on a lot more responsibility elsewhere like uh this was like sycamore like he just got that job i believe like he was starting to be like band director you know um, yeah yeah so he he asked um and i was like sure uh 2013 crossman I, I i had a lot of fun uh that show we, i think we ended up not making finals that year i think it was like 14th which, by the way, 2013 Crossman had the most turnout of bass drummers I ever seen, and I could be wrong, but I, there was over 70 bass drummers there Holy cow. for for the 2013 season. Just because 2012 we like made finals in the first time since I I don't remember how many years, but it was like super. Like Crossmen was like, oh man, making finals. So I remember. This is way off topic, but. Uh, 2013, the like there were full high school baselines that showed up. I think there was like three or four like full baselines <laughs> showing up, just trying to like. It was crazy. It was like uh all of Texas, not all of Texas, all but of like the entire state. Every fr- bass drummer freshman, in Texas was there. Freshman, sophomore, yeah, it was like. I mean, it was like the youngest to uh, obviously we had age outs auditioning too, so it was like so many people. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyways. That's
1: awesome. At, at least yeah. like hey man kids if that's a way to do it if you're like nervous to go audition just take your whole baseline you can all be nervous together. Yeah. There whatever. You go.
2: That way you at least know yeah. somebody.
1: Right? And
2: uh it happens more often now, not maybe whole baselines but for sure a couple kids, you know. And um so yeah, going back, Ryan got me in blue coats and it was cool because i already was teaching uh, a bunch of the guys um from rhythm x dante was in that line tommy of course that was yeah that was his age out
1: was aaron Um, ferris still
2: there no aaron aged out the 2013 13 Yeah, yeah 2013 was his last year yep uh same with kevin i think kevin aged out then too also true
1: Kevin aged out the winter of 14, whatever that yep. was. But yeah. he had the bonus winner. Razor's Edge, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And um, so, yeah, it was like... And then Mike Cavanaugh, who played base three that year. But he was like, Centerville kid, got marching. Uh, he actually got called in for 2012 Crossman 13, and then we, we went to Bluecoats together. Like, he just nice. kind of followed that, you know? So it was like, I already felt comfortable. I already knew everybody. It was like, all right.
1: And like, was Tim still there at that point? Jackson?
2: Uh, no.
0: No, he okay. did, he only did yeah. his two years as visual caption head oh, was twelve he, was and thirteen.
2: Thirteen was his yeah. right.
0: other year he did after my summer.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's T- right. It was T gas, uh, Dan, uh, Recoder teaching um, quads, Amador, um, Joe Woody,
1: like. Joe, 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 Woody. Yep.
2: So, yeah, it was awesome staff. Jared Thomas was still there, too, and Ryan,
0: and I myself. Always, I always forget that Jared Thomas, despite being a snare drummer, teched the bass line at, at, at Bluecoats for, like, three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, rhythms are rhythms, no matter what drum you're on. Right.
1: Team Jared holding yeah. down. Is he back Yo.
0: from Australia yet?
1: No, he's no. still there.
2: he is still there. Yeah, his, his, his you still birthday keep up with, is. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say his birthday is two days before mine, so it's like.
1: Yeah. Nice. Another thing plug: yep. we
0: also had Jared Thomas on the podcast, and it was like an hour and forty-five minutes long. Go check that one out; it's pretty pretty interesting. He's a he's a good was, guy.
1: I think that was just before he left to go to Australia.
0: It it was very close. So it's about two years ago, something like that. Yep. but uh, so Blue Coast 2014. Mm-hmm.
2: Passed that. Loved, what lo- happened? So, uh, loved it. Like that was like first time meddling, in drum corps. You know that was really sweet. Um, as a teacher, like, right? They, they got yeah. As a teacher, like. Like, you guys, I know, asked if, like, if I traded for gold, like the said Sanford for gold. But it was like, ah, eh, it, it felt cool just having, like, those kids get the silver. You know, mm-hmm. it was, like,
1: that was sweet. I forget they were second that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat the BD win, probably. Uh, I believe so. Yes, they did. Cadets third, I think.
0: I think you're right. Was that the Angels and Demons show?
1: No, they uh, won that year. That no, was 2011, 13. Oh, it was 13. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it 13? No, no it was 11 because 13 11. was the year they won the drum trophy. I think with that's that, right. uh that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel Th- Barber stuff. Yeah, yeah, 13
0: was a drum trophy for the cadets. And was was Angels and Demons really the summer between my two summers? I thought I'd aged out when they did that.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2011 because Cadby uh, won the drum trophy that year.
0: I love yeah. that show. All
2: right, that's an aside. So yeah, yeah. keep going. Continue um so oh the transition so teaching rhythm x for a while um josh Bricky uh was ending up getting the caption or yeah like caption head position at crossman and he was just trying to get a team together so it was like go back to crossman with all these like rhythm x guys and felt like it was like starting a new crossman era you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, so like Josh asked me and it was like yeah I'm just I'm I'm down I already know how the organization is like I, I didn't leave it because it was like the organization I just had this opportunity to teach blue coats you know and uh, so yeah it, it felt awesome 2015 is still the most fun I have ever had during a summer ever why uh, just because the people on the drum staff, like we, we joked around, but it was, all, it was like, we just had so much fun together. It was like the, I don't know, it felt like a little like fraternity bro thing, not really bro thing, but it was like, it, everyone was just there trying to have a good time.
0: Was Dean Hickman was, the quarterback? Dean and
2: Hoagie. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, was was Dean there that summer? I can't remember <laughs> a what summer bit. he was there. He he was in for a little bit. I I don't maybe I think it was
1: 2015.
0: Because Bricky was the reason he went to Crossman for a, or a summer or two, right?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it had to have been.
1: Um, and, and then Andre was teaching too, right? Did yeah. he
2: teach there? Uh, no, Andre came in. Uh, who, that who, might have been later.
0: Andre yeah. replaced Dean. Like when Dean was no longer the quad tech, Andre is the main one that took yeah. over. Yeah. Well, Dean
1: was, Dean was never like the main dude just because he he couldn't do like a whole summer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair.
2: It was. Uh. I think it was, Tan. Oh my Tan. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Tan, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I,
1: I love you. I'm, I'm blanking. <laughs>
2: Everything's running together right now.
1: <laughs> just get off of work, trying to yeah, yeah. bend your mind back nine years yeah. or however like yeah, yeah. It was.
2: 15 that's like five years but ago yeah. But. but yeah uh, Frank Cummings too snare tech and Frank. Dan was there
1: oh yeah Dan but, Shack Yep.
2: Yeah, so it was like yeah I forgot
0: those dudes taught there before they moved over to crown
2: yeah Yeah. Mike Bishop was there too oh yeah. man that was oh, yeah. that's like a, a dream yeah.
0: team that's a heck of a staff
2: yeah it was it was like real like a lot of awesome people that
0: sounds like it would be a really fun summer and I always had a lot of mad respect for for you guys The those couple of years that Bricky was, like, heading up that Crossman Percussion section because uh-huh. was best tap fives in DCI those summers. Yeah. The sound quality was really good. The book, from an outsider's opinion, like, at least from Snare and Quadland, the books seemed a little easier than a lot of other groups around Jural's tier of right. drum core percussion that summer but the achievement yep. level and the sound quality was always like top notch
1: yeah
2: i can agree with that
1: well you never want to overwrite your uh overwrite your clarity i guess you yeah, could say, I, yeah, I would yeah. much I rather be say, a group i don't that, say overwrite your talent level and like knock the kids but like that's basically what i'm saying like it's, it's you don't want to put yourself I mean, in a bad spot
0: yeah you can't get better unless you accept how good you actually were. And you know what? They played their butts off because they were phenomenally clean and the sound quality was great. And if they'd overwritten the book, that wouldn't have been the case. So I'd much rather play an easier book and play it extremely well than play a hard book. That's too hard for us and just be dirty. Clean is the best type. It is true.
1: <laughs> so you have this awesome 15 summer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that group, held for the next year didn't it
2: In yeah 16 uh-huh yeah there was there, like i'd say this this couple years there was like a decent amount of um like uh vets returning
1: and also like staff and, returning too wasn't
2: it yeah and staff um tw- 2015 2016 were pretty much the same uh 17 is when i believe dan went to
0: crown i think you're right because that's why yeah. I think 17 is when Travis took over as like yep. caption head under Hanum. however that worked. Yeah. So and
1: did so, you – so you you had talked too before uh, with Mike and I kind of like here and there about like uh-huh. uh, the Met stories and stuff. Did that stuff happen oh. during the summer too or was that like the winter uh,
2: stuff? Well, no, not really in the summer because uh, it was more like um, – like dr- we had dr- the drum majors there, like they would program stuff in the mets and like have like a whole bunch. They were like, they had their thing, and I wasn't trying to get into that, you know. True. Um, but it was mostly just like rhythmic stuff. Like sometimes, like I- I'm just chilling with the line in the back. I'm gonna do it, you know. <laughs> someone's got it. Someone's got to do it, so I'm gonna do it. Like you'll bite the bullet, and you're just gonna
1: bump the met here and there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, especially like me and Josh always had a good thing because he he would just be like, he would say something real quick and be like, "All right, go!" and then I would just like immediately start it (laughs) like,
1: like it was just like
2: always like, "There's no time to talk; we're just going." Kind of thing like it was fun.
1: How far do you think the furthest tempo bump? Like as far as like just like I'm I'm gonna dial this up a notch like getting away from the original tempo.
2: (laughs) Oh, uh, that that didn't really happen until uh like. 2018, with the Um I, I a few times, but like if we were tracking something, if we were doing like exercises, like if they called something, I would do it then as well, just to like like a click or two. But it was like it was really 2018 when I like just kept slowly bumping it, and everyone was going with it, like it was like there was never no one ever noticed kind of thing. Maybe they did. <laughs> That's funny. Man, this is a, a little over the fast eyes. today yeah, yeah yep. i, said it, it was I said it
0: on part one part two the uh, Tom Monk special yeah that's what he's like notorious for
1: they did that to us one summer except it wasn't like gradual it was we came from we came back from like a block and like parts of the show were like six to eight clicks faster We're like all right <laughs> oh, like man. this is like, <laughs> yeah this is this is not the same They're, like yeah. let's just
2: not tell
0: them maybe they won't notice
2: yeah, I think it was, like, there was a part, it was, like, supposed to be 196. It, it felt comfortable or whatever, but it would just be like, oh, and so how did we get to 200? Oops. <laughs> 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 Which isn't, like, a lot, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's a minor minor it's, it's a minor jump. Yeah, it's a, but it's, like, it's for sure noticeable, like, getting a bunch of reps on that, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was doing that some this weekend, actually. I was bad. like, we have this one part. It's at uh, 184, and I was like, mm, I don't know. Just see what 187 sounds like today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is, just need to wake them up a little bit.
2: Uh, yeah, and that was it was mostly at the time where it was like getting closer to the end of rehearsal where it's like if we're having a good one, like they're going to put a lot into like the run through it ever. Like I'm just going to keep hyping them up. Also making them more tired because, you know, <laughs> yeah, they need it's to It's good be. for you. Sometimes you've got to work them out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's strength.
0: So, That's believe like, it or not... Did you
1: ever do anything... Oh, go ahead.
0: No, believe it or not, it's been about 58 minutes, which is crazy to me. I feel like it's been like 10. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Tesla for at least a okay. minute before we let you go, okay. but do you guys have any drum-related yeah. stuff you want to hit first real quick?
1: I got a couple other things. Okay, uh, Just real quick, you don't have to like do super elaborate, but first question did you ever do that in the summer just like kind of like i know we're not playing well but we're just gonna like kind of beat this into you and second question did you feel like it was way more stressful teaching than it ever was marching um
2: i I think so just because like you're you're seeing reps over and over again like sometimes it's like man that that, like did that sound better than the last like you kind of like in the summer you kind of like start going like just hearing the same thing over and over after a while and it's like you know what i mean like that perspective kind of just like gets ingrained
1: gets numbing um,
2: yeah it does um but it was for after a while like I, I never like turned i tried to turn into like a hype man kind of thing but it was like at the same time like i was there just trying to get through what we had to get through you know and making sure everyone was feeling good to an extent you know it's like whatever we're dealing with now we're we're dealing with it we still have to do the job now you know it's not gonna happen later like that whole cliche aspect of you know perform every rep aspect like it it was trying to get them mentally always just being there yeah yeah you know i know you like the frustration aspect of it that's the biggest thing is like you you see the the frustration within them like not doing this not doing that whatever but it's like you gotta how how you approach that is like super important because it can like ruin the rest of the day or it could you know what i mean like yeah
1: you're always balancing that you're trying to navigate their mental well-being as much as yeah how well they're actually playing right
2: or it's got just like a like,
1: psychology degree in drumming. <laughs> yeah.
2: So but yeah, I don't know, I just like to have fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Um but yeah, I'd I'd say and then there's so much more into it with like you you're only in charge of this section, they're only a part of like this bigger picture, you know what I mean? You're putting so much into just teaching this little bit of it, you know, but it's so important.
1: All the body parts work together.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Boom. That's um, all. That's my. I guess that's kind of my last thing on drumming, just because I've I've felt as an instructor, it's just way more stressful trying to hear a rep and then analyze the error, but then also yeah. give the member feedback that will help them correct the error. Like, yeah, so the, many thoughts going through your head.
2: That oh. that was for sure like the drum core aspect of it. Uh, indoor, I, I like. I, it felt a lot easier teaching indoor to me because it was just like right there you know
1: yeah you don't have to filter through as much stuff it's just yeah here we are by ourselves like right there's not like oh how does this bass feature fit with like the melophones it's like right, yeah. you guys didn't play the bass feature well <laughs> right we gotta do this better yeah i I gotta ask you
2: guys uh what is your favorite uh and I'll, I'll just relate it to rhythm X uh like rhythm X baseline in the past since like my era ended like like the teaching like i guess f- from 12 till now oh, 12 till question. now yeah all right i have to think
0: on I'm that i'm sifting through years me too yeah uh
1: it probably would not be the door year no uh, was that 15 15 15 yeah was... not that Was 13 was pretty sick. The razor's edge year that was Tommy
0: and Kevin on one and two, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, they were also on
0: one and two and 13, right? The
1: 14 book was better for the bass drums for sure. Um, 16, 17. Last year was pretty good too. Last year's bass line was pretty nasty. Yeah, I Uh, I would say, I would say 14 for me
0: admittedly i haven't paid enough attention to the baselines to probably pick one yeah, that's okay i know yeah. kevin and tommy might and you might know more about this and be able to school me when i say uh uh-huh. kevin and tommy might be the best one and two combo that i've seen no
2: uh I, no nah, i mean I for sure so. I, I think they were
1: really good um I, I think else. I think just by the nature of like what we talked about earlier, yeah. the evolution, the evolution, bass drum, like the yeah, the, that's the yeah. closer we get I, to it, it, just keeps getting better and better. I will yeah. say last year's baseline was pretty sick. I'll, I'll follow good. this
0: up with, uh, Jared. You might know this, is are, are uh, the one and two drummers this summer? That's this season that's going on right now the same from last year?
1: No, because Henry no. was on two last year. Oh, I
0: did. Sorry, you're right. Henry <laughs> was two. <laughs> yeah. I might I might go with. The video those top two guys from this current season put out might be the nastiest bass drum thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Well, The jury's out on this this winner for me. I don't know if more. the whole bass
0: line okay. as a whole is going to be good, but that video, and I have no idea how many takes it took for them to get that rep to be that good. But, um, Jared, that's that was really impressive what they did, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, like that... That's probably the nastiest thing I've seen two bass drummers do ever. Now, it wasn't in a performance. It wasn't in their book. It might be in their book. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen extra show
2: yet. It is
1: now, actually. It is. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: man, that it's so good. That video's. They don't
1: do quite the length of it, but they do yeah. part of it. Oh man, it's. I. They do like the crescendo sixteenths and like the the crescendo fivelet and then like end on like the. Unison,
0: <laughs> whatever rhythms they're playing, it's impressive as all hell. And admittedly, like I said, I haven't paid enough attention to basslines throughout the years at X to really have a favorite since 2012 or 11. But
1: i honestly probably going to be up of the Alpha bassline. That sounds bad, but really, <laughs> yeah, ben- Benji. Benji uh
2: was top base and Mike was uh, sorry Benji. I love both okay. those dudes, but I don't
0: yeah. yeah, I mean I've met and know the guys that were in baselines throughout the past five or six years, but I haven't paid enough attention to have a favorite. But Ooh,
1: 18, that's a all the worlds of stage. That was a good one
2: too.
1: Yeah? Yeah, a lot of good ones,
0: man. X, Just, X, Jessica X and John, good job, to you. X has had a lot of really, really good baselines throughout the past decade. A lot of really yeah. good ones. Um, but so the last thing I want to talk about, I'm not sure if we mentioned this in the first part with Jared, he currently works for Tesla. Um, have you ever this met Elon Eric. Musk? Uh, I have not. Have you been in the same room as him?
2: Um, I, he, he, so he comes in mostly on like Mondays. My, my weekend is really Monday, Tuesday, so I'm more back half of the weekend, of like the week. So, uh. Is he going to take over the world? I mean that's that's up to you guys. If you think, <laughs> I think I think his influence um, for sure has changed because well, not only are there's like more environmental things happening, like there's more of like, all right, renewable energy is actually like where there's a lot of people really trying to do that. More activists are getting into it. It's you know there's a huge movement happening. The whole idea of Tesla and like all that is to just be the like the acceleration to sustainable energy and transport
0: weren't there wasn't there battery technology i saw a while ago a few years ago maybe like it was a battery that would be for your home it was a very very large battery that was charged by solar power that he was like yeah you can basically store enough power in this battery to power your home for like a week so basically you would go on and off the grid So while the battery was charging, Mm -hmm. you're on the electric grid fueled by coal and everything else. And then once it was Uh full, your home would no longer draw power from that. And it would just run off the battery for X number of days till it was depleted. And then that cycle would continue. And then because everybody would be alternating on different cycles, it would decrease the amount of people pulling from the power grid and lowering the coal requirements for electricity by like – 50% Fifty percent, or like forty percent, or something nationwide. Right. So that's a real thing. That's still like something. It is that's a real
2: thing. Yeah.
0: Changing the world.
2: Yep. So that that so those power walls are made in the Gigafactory where I'm at. Um, I'm more involved with the Model Three. Um, but yeah, those power those power walls, you, you can pretty much be off the grid, like permanently. You. Yeah yeah so crazy thing if you guys didn't know this in Australia because Australia has been a huge adopter of like the Tesla there's there's the power wall then there's the power pack now there's the mega pack which is like for industrial like power plants like pretty much um, replacing like a peaker plant of like when you have to turn this on to get more energy to a city or whatever it's kind of like a buffer of like, Extra electricity, if that makes sense. But um, a couple years ago, uh, there was, like, a huge thing with Australia. Did you guys hear about this, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so there was, like, a huge blackout, and Elon did his, like, crazy thing. Like, if we don't have this up in a certain amount of days, like, it will just be free. And it was like they they were able to get all this like these power packs to pretty much sustain uh not all of australia but like a certain amount of australia as just like a backup because they were having a lot of uh like crazy blackouts with weather and all that kind of stuff and he beat the deadline by like eight days or something like that that's nuts yeah it was so quick but uh, another thing that's happening on Australia is they're building uh, a neighborhood with all these houses. It's like fifty thousand plus houses that have the solar tiles on them. If you guys know that's about a big them. ass neighborhood, yeah. It, I mean, they want to build like this is just to prove and collect data on what they could do with all these houses that have um so the solar towel is just pretty much like a photovolactic cell inside of like a hard glass um that is like looks like roof shingles so you're you're replacing your roof shingles with these tiles that are more like they're stronger than the terracotta stuff like all that stuff that's made out of like it looks like the uh clay you know i'm talking about yeah like um yeah, you yeah, see yeah. that like you can easily break that with like a sledgehammer the tesla glass it's like pretty you know it's like the cyber truck window it's the pretty much the same
1: thing but hopefully not the one from the demo right and
2: i got, <laughs> i and i can i got stories about that why they think that it did break um, okay uh, but yeah so they they're building this this like not not one neighborhood but they're building these houses that have the solar tile already on them and the power walls so it's pretty much all these houses aren't going to be tied to a grid whatsoever it's just going to be like off the grid but they're they're interconnected like each house that has this is interconnected but not with it. it's within its own grid if that makes sense
1: yeah, they're, like, kind of running off a similar power supply, but not, like, right. to, like, a... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's just but, a big battery of houses that are running themselves. That's nuts. Yeah. And amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: Changing Which, the world, man. It, yeah. So,
1: you <laughs> guys and, say... And they're going, going to gonna, space. Yeah. Yeah. We're,
0: go, we're going to Mars.
1: Yeah. Elon's what, Elon's always said, it's like, I'm going to die on Mars or something. That's just, like, life goal. It's, like, live and die on Mars or something. I mean maybe it is. I, I think it's a, uh,
2: you know, I, I don't like idolize the guy, but it, he, uh, like it, he's making a lot of difference in like right now. So it's, it's, it's a, it's cool to be a part of that. And uh, changing yeah. the world. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I won't get into like the stocks aspect of it, but when like I started in, uh, may of 2018 and I got stocks below, like a hundred bucks. Like, I'm not going to say whatever, but you know what I mean? As an employee, you get that kind of stuff. So it's crazy. Just like how, you know, it's going to be a success from just following that. You know, I say, you know, a lot, I'm sorry, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's all
0: good. No, this has been
2: interesting. Uh, Tesla.
0: And what's the stock price at now? It's been skyrocketing for God knows how many Uh, weeks. I, yeah did it break a
2: thousand yet no oh. uh look it up I, right now. I also don't pay attention to it it's it's 8.58 right now uh i have That's 8.82 great.
0: actually it's up 23 bucks after oh.
2: hours today oh but yeah like nice. I, I don't pay attention to it because i'm not like I'm i'm just there trying to do my job but like all these outside factors you always hear about like the, the bad, like there's so many haters on it, and it's like, it's it's crazy. But it's like we're just we're just trying to make this thing happen faster and sooner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, cool, so you man. said you had the cyber truck yeah. window.
2: Oh yeah, the cyber truck? Oh, what happened with the window? So there's there's a video of them doing it beforehand, and uh-huh. it like it doesn't break, but the the reason and i could talk about this because they've also released it like the true cause um because they hit the door with the sledgehammer before the fact or like after the fact it weakened it it, yeah the because it wasn't a tight seal like if they put the window up after the fact like if they like all right hit the door it's not denting like that's incredible but like the window rattles you know, it's like within its thing. So it didn't have like that tight seal. So that's what ca- kind of caused it to be
0: so weak. They, st- so they hit the yeah. door with a sledgehammer in the presentation before he threw yeah. the rock at the window. Right. right. Okay. And that jostled the window loose. So when the rock was thrown at the window, it shattered. Uh, but didn't he do right. it in like the backseat window too and the same thing happened?
2: Well, yeah, it's still the same vibration of the Oh okay okay so that would still would still be affected. Okay.
0: Right. Well, now that we so got that, to the bottom of that. That's what
2: was released. Yeah. yeah. But uh it, it still didn't go through. That's the thing that a lot of people don't don't talk about. Yeah, either. I mean it still did it didn't, still stopped like, yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Crack all the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. I have a well, bunch of crack. friends who who put money down on that already. I oh, actually really?
1: well, it was yeah. a lot cheaper than the uh, the roadster one. Yeah. It's like a hundred bucks for the Cybertruck, right? Yeah. But the roadster, like, to get like your reservation, wasn't it like ten grand or something? Uh, I don't know.
0: No. Uh, there's... A guy that I work that with. That Roadster's
2: crazy. A guy
0: that I work with put a hundred <laughs> down for the truck. He's got a truck reserved.
2: Yeah. yeah I awesome. can't
0: wait to start seeing Nintendo sixty four SUVs driving around the road.
1: Yeah, the Halo Warthog. Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all yeah all the memes yeah i'm
2: excited so so they'll bring like cars to the factory like uh the model y came over the semis there every once in a while there's more semis now but like you'll see those show up every once in a while those are the self-driving semis right yeah okay i mean all cars since 2016 have the capability of full self-driving so yeah
1: that still scares me, man. There's the Model S, the Model 3, the X, and the Y. Yep. Spells sexy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: see, it's so funny. Like, you you, t- you you hear about that, and it's so funny, but it's like, that is hilarious, and I'm glad that that is a thing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>, right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, why not? I mean, whatever. You have fun with it. You're designing these sweet cars and having fun. Like, whatever. Yeah, there's... And it's like teaching uh, bass drum. We're getting good, and we're having a good time.
2: Right. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> still, you can still look it up. The honestly, the biggest thing that I I really enjoy oh, about Tesla is they're still the safest car on the road to date by an extraordinary amount. Like you like, can like, look up. You can look that up. Safest yeah. as in like
0: pr- protection when you get in a wreck.
2: Yep. All. Uh, I, I can't think of the acronym, but like the highway safety, it's like NHTSA. I do A I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, whatever but it is. They're they're their their tests with the crash dummies, like the data, it's you can see the graph it like the model three is the safest at the moment, but how drastically it compares to other cars is is crazy. Nice. Well, Jared. Yeah. We are well past an hour.
0: I think we've touched yeah. on everything at this point. We wanted to. I've got the list mm-hmm. you sent out, Evan, that we agreed upon earlier. I think we got to everything.
1: I think we hit I think we hit the list. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's close this out, Jared. It was awesome yeah. talking to you twice
2: uh yeah. within a week period.
0: Thank you. Um we will definitely see you at uh WGI finals this year, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there.
0: Perfect. So we'll see you then. Thanks everyone for sticking around for the whole episode. This part two with Jared hit subscribe as a reminder on YouTube, like the video, leave any comments uh, you want to uh, ask us any questions, Um, follow on Instagram to miss all updates about the podcast as long as well as Facebook Uh, subscribe on podcast services, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and Another reminder, we now have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast, if you want to donate anything financially to us. And I think the next episode is going to be Evan and I doing our early season WGI impressions because we'll have had a couple of weeks of shows and videos to watch and enough to talk about. So we will see everybody then. Yeah.
2: Peace. I, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Um, Evan uh mike this has been a lot of fun um seriously guys check out their patreon page i'm giving a shout out to that um these dudes have just started this platform and want to share the love and you know they're doing the work for it give them a little love as well so thank you guys
1: thanks dude really appreciate it Yeah,
2: appreciate it jared see you everybody